Welcome to Radio Rehab Storyteller Series. If you're just tuning in for the first time, Radio Rehab is now a daily show where I have a guest co-host in with me for the entire week and we talk all things recovery. This week, my guest co-host is Ryan S. Today, our topics are rebuilding yourself and recovery, how to start back over and getting outside help, you know, because a lot of us have to do that. Check it out. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome back to the show. I'm here in studio, joined with producer Shar and our guest host for the week, Ryan S. Thank you for coming back. Absolutely. It's great to be here. And I, I hope you'll continue to come back tomorrow and it's, Thursday and Friday. It's a hell of a drive, Dana. I mean, I live I in San Jose, but I'll make it. Thank you, because these are these are really great shows. It's been so nice to meet you. You're easy to talk to. Um, so Ryan and I were talking about topics what because I always let the guest pick the Tuesday topic and then other topics come out of that and you mentioned uh, for one of your big ones that you wanted to talk about was rebuilding so let's explain first explain that to the listeners a little bit what you mean rebuilding sure so basically uh, you know we come into the program and or I, I did and I was I had I was shattered, you know, like uh, a broken person. Yeah. My ego and everything that I had going for me before I uh, was all gone, you know, and it was like lying on the ground, a million pieces. Oh, God, that's super cliche. But well, um, no, it's <laughs> a true. million little pieces. It's you know? true. But, uh, it's like heartbreak. It's like that's how you describe it. It's like your heart broken to a million pieces. Right. It's true. And so but nonetheless, so it's like kind of. I feel like my first six months, I got through all the easy stuff. I made some amends, like the easy ones. I uh, made up with exes, you know, caused more wreckage, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you jumped right in on it. Of course, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just kind of like, because you, you get your swagger back. That's the pink cloud that people talk about. Is yes. Like you put on a little weight and you like- You're, you're getting probably, healthy you're again. You're working out. Yeah, I'm like, I'm eating my greens and I'm like ready to go. Yeah. You know, watch out world. You're actually so, sleeping at night yeah so you look a little different yeah exactly yeah, exactly so people run into you and they're like wow how are you doing you know and uh and so obviously i ran with that a little bit but uh but nonetheless so it's sort of over the course of these two years um the process has ebbed and flowed you know there are times when i'm on fire i'm hitting five meetings a week i'm meeting with my sponsor weekly talking to him every day and then there's times that i fall off the place of the face of the earth you know yeah and so it's kind of like for me, Ben, how to uh, build a strategy that is sustainable because I'm a sprinter historically. Like I'll have moments of flashes in the flashes in the pan, like moments of success. And then I crumble, you know, and so. Oh, right. Almost like um, bipolar, like bipolar, the way bipolar looks like you have high highs and low. low. Oh, are you? Do you have bipolar? Yeah. Not have bipolar. Are you bipolar? That's yeah, yeah. But do you have the bipolar? Like, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And that's something else that, that we were going to talk about, too, is, you know, not all of us only have that one thing. Alcoholism. Like, not all of us only. Like, right. I, one thing I, thank you, God, for giving me one thing to not have. Uh, one thing I've never suffered from is an eating disorder. But, oh, my God, I didn't realize until this go around how many girls 
are affected by that. It's huge. It's so easy to transfer that addiction. Yeah. Like we're looking for something to control. We have this like, there's like a swole bride crew, you know, that like uh, when they first got sober, they all just got yoked and really oh like my in the gym God. all the time. I've been you know? in treatment centers like that where I'm like, dude, you guys are starting to look like triangles. I know. It's yeah, like, everything's huge. And they these little tiny legs. It's like a prison yard with burpees and push-ups and yeah, everything. You know, you're like, what is going on here? Yeah. Well, we're all like, when we went, the house would get shut down, we'd be on lockdown because somebody slept with somebody or did something. Right. And we so they would take the gym away because they knew that was a lot of people's like other fixation. And you'd see the dudes outside lifting cinder blocks. It's like, God. Totally. Way to let them know it really is a problem. Right, for sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's kind of the thing. Over the course of these last two years is I've looked for different things to control, you know, and uh, and like new new addictions, gambling, uh, relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Like in everything I do, I'm head first. Is you know? gambling one of your things? I. Uh, I, I have it pretty well controlled, okay. but um, but like yeah, when I do it, I do it hard. You when, know? when you do it, you could see that you could possibly. I do it like four times a year, five times a year. But when I go there, it's like it's going to be five hundred dollars, and it's going to be ten hours of my life. Poof, gone. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm like an eight to eight. Mark and I actually went to a casino. I think he told the story on his time, but uh, we went to a casino and we got there around eight o'clock and we left at ten in the morning. And like I lost. 600 bucks been up 600 at some point in the evening you know oh. and just like kept chipping you know because it's just sort of like i'll get it back i'll get it back. it's that i don't know there's just something about it that's so like overwhelmingly beautiful you know oh i get it but that's another thing i don't have is the gambling thing and i always thought because a lot of addicts of course they can transfer it to being a gambler but for me it reminds me of getting gaffled it's like if i put 20 dollars down and i don't get that back right. i'm not doing it again i'm like oh hell no right and i'll leave be angry but i've never gone in there and gotten up but i feel like if i went up 200 too i'd be like thank you and i'd leave and they'd hate me but it's like, it's harder. But it, oh boy. Easier said than done, Dana. <laughs> but, but I mean, oh my God, don't let me play Zelda or any other video game. Oh yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah. Because, oh my God. Like, hardcore. Assassin's Creed is my jam. Like, I can I can lose an evening with oh that. Oh my God, I haven't even picked that one up because oh. everybody's like, don't, you'll be all day on that. Yeah, like, for sure. No, I, yeah, seriously love, I love video games. And it's funny, like, back when I was using, um, I was in a situation where I lived with my boyfriend. I didn't have to work and I was actively in my addiction and oh my god if only you could get paid to you know to finish all of the Zelda series right, right. because I did it I would do it three times in a day oh, man. oh my god <laughs> the things we did the time we wasted right but so back to back to what you were saying about um rebuilding and picking up the pieces sure. there's um outside help that a lot of us need but I think a lot of us feel um, and I, I, I feel personally like whenever I felt judged by everyone in the program, it's been in my head, you know, where right, I'm like, right. oh, I can't mention therapy because they all judge me and they think you're only supposed to do it this way. But it's like, that's not true. Yeah. Half the people get, it's like you and I were talking about earlier, like they're talking about that program and the 12 steps specifically because they're in that meeting right you know but there's other things that they do yeah so like yeah absolutely basically uh well just last night i was at a meeting and the chairperson mentioned that she was 51 50 with like you know some serious sobriety oh and, wow uh, and things will kind of creep up like because i think we're i'm not a super religious guy but i do feel like we sort of 
mentally we take on what we can handle. So at first, all I could really do is reconcile with my friends and and some family. And that's really all I could muster at that time. And then, you know, a year in, it was, uh, you know, I was... I was kind of in this distance thing with an ex where we shared a dog, and uh, and so we were doing split custody. I, I absolutely ha- get that that's like a child, because right. I have pets, always have, and yeah. But no, it wasn't healthy, it. and so I had to give that up, you know? Yeah, because and- you've got one foot in the relationship still. Right, exactly. Maybe that person still has a little control over you. They definitely, they're in your head. Well, and yeah, and then like in in hard moments, all that, like, even though I did a solid ninth step with her and made financial amends, did some, did some hard work with her, like that resentment on her end was still alive and well, you know? And it's like, if, if was she a a quote unquote normie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were engaged. We were together a long time and she kind of, she went through some shit with me. Yeah. I was sober when we met, I was sober a little over a year and then I, I uh, did my controlled drinking thing and like managed that for all of like two or three months. And then like we went out to the bar with her sister and uh, I was like, Oh, by the way, like I did a little Coke in the bathroom, you know? And it was like, and then it's just off to the fucking races, you know? And she put up with me for like, Two years because she was from an alcoholic family, and she's like, "Well, at least he doesn't get in fistfights on the front lawn, you know." <laughs> but uh, right, like at least he didn't punch me in the face, or right. you yeah, know, it was not abusive, like physically or even really psychologically. But I can say some shit, man. Like, and, oh my you know, and, god! And when we went through my ninth step, I uh, there were some things that she told me that I had said that I had no idea, right. and. I was like, I was floored, man. I really, because I fancy myself a nice guy. I fancy myself, uh, you know, a good person. But, uh, but I've got a dark, I've got a dark place, you know, and uh, and I can go there. And that's that's what I'm kind of working on, uh, polishing up and just kind of shining some light on it, you know. And this is mental illness has been a a big thing for me. I was. This is the first time I've sought treatment in uh, in six years for it, and uh, I've been medicated in the past. I have, my family has a long history of mental illness, and it's just something that I've seen them go the benzo route, yeah. and I just saw them kind of hollow out and just a shell of a human being, and I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that, you know? And so I've put it out of my mind, like, oh, I'll just work out, and I'll do th- – I've always done therapy, but it's like – I didn't want to, I put it off, you know, and then in the fall of this last year, so I have like 22 months of sobriety, I didn't sleep for six weeks, you know, I went six weeks, two to four hours a night. That's not okay. Yeah. Because that really, like, people don't understand, that really, really controls how you act. I mean. Oh, yeah. And as a good former tweaker, like, uh, I did meth in my early 20s, you know, and so I'm like, I knew what to do, like, my room was organized, I all my mail, my socks my underwear everything like got real tidy you know you were able to do that you, oh. so you were able to to use all of the things that actually like made you functional for meth right you, well yeah, just well, from lack of sleep yeah of course like we learn life skills out there so like so you uh, weren't tired it's like you were it was lack oh, of sleep no, and you was, weren't even tired in the day it was bizarre dana and i was like i was consuming more caffeine in the mornings and so that was keeping it's a cycle right you know? it's like i was tired but you just got to keep going because otherwise like if my body was moving my head wasn't and so i just oh kept god moving. yeah i know that and I was one. coming off of like a year of depression and I didn't realize it. I was like going to work and like, you know, kind of doing the basics, but I was severely depressed. You know, I gained 50 pounds, like some shit happened and I just was totally oblivious to it. And so I kind of woke up and at first I thought, 
uh, like, you know, people have like manic episodes and they, at first they love them, you know, like they think like, oh great, I can finally do things, you know? Yeah. I've known a lot of girls, um, who would lose weight when they were in their manic episodes and that's why they liked it. Um, I like a lot of guys who the same thing. It's the same thing, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, for girls and guys, right. it's the the manic part that they like. Yeah, where of I know one girl who's kind of the way I was, where it would it was it would be like it's the down part that I like because sleeping th- because back when I was right. depressed, sleeping for three days meant oh good, that's three days I didn't have to be here. Yeah, that's true. You know, and I initially when I was in in my depression, like, you know, 12 hours of sleep was like beautiful. You know, I just I wake up and I'm like, oh, yeah, like now I'll go do my you know, I I worked in a restaurant. And so it's like now I'll go do my little six hour shift, make a ton of money and then like down, you know, just like go back into my hole. You know, yeah, I'd listen to like. <laughs> I'd listen to like hardcore rap on my way there to just like pump me up, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna hustle. I'm gonna sling these steaks, you know, and like get myself <laughs> all pumped up, and, and then like come home and just like, oh, thank God, you know, like that's over. Because oh, I was God. like having severe anxiety. I'm basically uh, you good know, for you for being able to accomplish anything, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. yeah. Well, I've always been like uh, enterprising. You know what I mean? Even as a little kid, I grew up in Los Gatos, but uh, we were like on you know like uh, low income housing and so i was like a poor kid in los gatos and so yeah for those of you listening who don't know where los gatos oh, is sorry. it's like the beverly hills of the bay area yeah exactly I there's mean, a lot but, of old but, money there but you know? you know but not as not as crappy and not as paparazzi but be- it's beautiful but right. yeah right everyone's in shape beautiful women you know like handsome dudes the scenery's and, ridiculous it's yeah. probably one of the most beautiful places and i remember like growing up there were all like whenever like the new fitness gear would come out like there were these goofy like spring-loaded shoes that like that were like like low impact running and you'd see these women running down with like these moon boots on oh my god so it was just really like bizarre i grew up uh my family lives in like you know uh i don't know like a less nice area in san jose and uh it's kind of like lower income area and then i we moved into it was like it felt like the beverly hillbillies you know like i'm like i do not belong here you know yeah but in that time i like i would hustle my neighbors for like you know i'd mow their lawn and i was hardworking always and so i've kind of like been able to like grit and bear it through mental illness but this um anyway i'll wrap up the the fall story so uh, I went six weeks, two to four hours a night, and initially I really loved it, and I was, like, connecting with people. It felt like it was the thing to do, you know? But over time, you lose your faculties, and I had to, like, reach out. Basically, I could have transferred into a new job, but I didn't. And uh, because I was just sort of, like, I was hit, at a, hit a new low in sobriety. And uh, so I was uninsured, no income, and I was kind of, like, at the end of my rope. And so I went to uh, a county mental health facility and got a referral and... You know, like I started taking care of myself, you know, right. and that was in mid-November and uh, and it's been like it's been a great process. You know, uh, I've I've had to dig. I had an old counselor when uh, when I was in rehab as a like 21 year old and he said, you got to dig through the doo doo to get to the diamonds, Mr. Silva, <laughs> Mr. Los Gatos. You know, he was like he'd always call because I was a bunch of kids from the east side of San Jose. And then there was me, you know, right. and so he's like, Mr. Silva, you got a lot of work to do, Mr. Los Gatos, with your ego and your nice shirt, you know. And, that's so funny. But, I, the <laughs> things we remember, I know things like that. No, that's yeah. the good for you for getting it taken care of, because it's like I've 
known this about myself. I've known that I have depression. I know that what issues I have, but it's like when I feel like work, you know, when I wanted to work on it in the past has been when I've been drinking, you know, right, or, and right. using and it doesn't work. You know, I would go to therapy and we would have a breakthrough and I'd be like, whoo, that was awesome. Right. All right. I'm going to reward myself. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. and there goes all the work or it's like not, not like there goes all the work, but it's like I'm not really doing anything with it. Yeah, you know, like I'm yeah, not doing absolutely. anything. Like you have to be sober. Well, you're to not work inter- on you're not internalizing it. Like for me, it was it's always been surface stuff because I went through this breakup. This I was with this woman four and a half years with the woman with the dog, and uh, and I did therapy as well. But it's like I didn't internalize and I took none of it to heart because, like you said, I was getting loaded as soon as I left there. You yeah, know? I'd be shattered. Like we tear me we tear me down in, my, in those sessions, and then I'd go build up the ego with the drink. You know, and it's like. And then by the end of that year, I'm drinking a fifth of uh, bourbon a day, you know, and it's just like something's got to give, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I want to talk more about these next time we have a topic show. Um, tomorrow is our big epic addict fail episode. So that's a story. But when we come back on Thursday, I'd like to regroup and talk more about this, you know, the relapse because we've both relapsed and some people the relapse is not part of the story and i would just like to talk a little bit about more like how we built ourselves back up and what's different this time absolutely so yeah yeah, if you guys want to write us if there's a topic you want to hear us talk about um or if you just like what you're hearing or anything or if you're mad at me for some reason then you know I have to make an amend. So email me. It's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. That's G-O-T-O-Productions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511. Even when we're not in studio, we will get that on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at Radio Rehab Dana. Keep coming back. We'll see you tomorrow. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll